This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is He Said, Ella Dijo with Eric Winter and Rosalind Sanchez. Good afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon. Yeah. I'm happy today. We have another good, good friend, mega talented. You want to make the introduction? Yeah. Christina Chang. You might know her as Dr. Audrey Lim, Chief of Surgery on The Good Doctor. Um, I mean, she's been working... For such a long time. For a this long was, time. This was a great gig that we were so happy to see her land and be a part of such a great show. Um, and just looking forward to chatting with her about so much. Life, family, the business. It'll be great. Let's bring her in. Did we meet doing Dragnet? That's how we met? LA yeah. Dragnet? Oh my yes. God. So then you were right. That's how we met. Christina, it's been a long time. Long time ago. It's been We've known each other for a very long time like pre our spouses yes obviously our babies yeah a long like, time before all the greatest parts of your lives uh <laughs> were presented to you 
Oh, right, we were lost. <laughs> yeah, and then, you, and then you found exactly. Soam. We only had one another, and and then the world opened up. To us. Yeah, you found Soam and myself and your children, and now it's like the world is your oyster. You two are happier. Oh than my ever. god! Look at us. We're so look at you guys. Wait, do I need these? By the way, do I need these? No, you, sound, you sound great, so I think you're fine. I think you're fine. I, this is a blurred background because this is my bedroom. It's okay. So you're um. How is life? You know, we we used to see Christine all the time, and then she booked a big show called The Good Doctor and just moved her life to Vancouver, and we never you see her You guys are anymore. on such tiny little shows. But we, <laughs> we never see you anymore because you live in Canada. I do. I know. I'm not Canadian, though, not <laughs> yet. Do you love it, though? Are you used to it by now? Yeah, we love it. That's great. We done. Vancouver is stunning. Expensive, though. Every time I, we go to Vancouver, it's like, Vancouver is so expensive. But it, it is, but I guess it's, I mean, what is LA and New York? And oh, all you're the right. It's, it's comparable. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. It's the same. I think it's it's fairly comparable. Now it feels like, I don't know, real estate's still pretty outrageous, but more like New York. Um, and LA is, you know, bad. It's softening here. I don't know what it's like there right now. Um, Bananas. But I'm sure it's been easier now that you, you know, you got um, the family up there, right? Because you were doing the back and forth for a long time, which makes it pretty brutal and insane. To maintain, sure. we talk about that on the, on our show a lot. You know, Roz in in Puerto Rico, four and a half months out of the year, and it's it's a lot to juggle. And you were doing it on a network of you know more of a traditional uh, show, which you're doing at least eighteen episodes. She does thirteen, thirteen, which is a little more manageable. But now, I mean, I, you guys might even do more than eighteen now. I don't know, but it's a lot of episodes, so it definitely helps having the family there. Let me ask you something. Sure. I want to go back to the very beginning, right? So you grew okay. up. In Taiwan. Correct. Until you were a teenager or, or what time did you yeah, do? I graduated high school there, but I did go to an, an international school with an American curriculum. So I left at the age of 17 and then and came to the States to go to university. Yep. And that was always the plan. Like my, that was my our parents always knew we were going to, you know, grow up overseas and then come to the States for, for college. And when you say college, you already knew that you wanted to be in the business or you went to college no. for something else? It was just like, you know, back in the 1840s <laughs> at that school, you know, especially our school. I mean, we had like a 99.9% rate of everybody going to college, you know, so um, I didn't know what I wanted to do or be. I just, my mom said, you're going to college. Like, that's just what you're going to do. You're going to get your an, an education and have a college degree. So, so what is your bachelor's? Oh, your master's, or do you have one? Yeah, I have both. Um, Christina is actually very smart, everybody. <laughs> she is really smart. Christina is like uh, smart. I'm a, I'm a doctor in real life as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my art and my life just imitate one another. No, yeah. I got a BA in theater, like in fine arts. And and then I got like my, um, I minored in Chinese. In Chinese? Then, Are you fluent? Uh, but you're fluent. In Chinese, right? Well, I was, to be honest with you, you know, when you don't live it and speak it with everybody, it goes, it's really not fluent anymore. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. growing okay. up there, like What's using that? it, even growing up there and using it all the time, like you, I mean, sure, that was your first language growing up, right? I mean, you're an international school, so is it English speaking at the school? Yes, it was an American curriculum. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. That's why her English is so beautiful. No, no accent. I'm, no accent? Yours is going away. My My accent? <laughs> Little by little. Thank you. For English? Yeah. Can you, oh, you see? She just said a couple things that were chimichanga. That he thinks that I, that I have a thick accent. I, I don't I think don't I have think it at all. I have a thick accent. I'm going to be honest, though. When I met you for years ago, uh -huh. it was thicker. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 
right? I mean, so no, 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 no. Like when I babies come a long way. I know we came a long way. When I moved here, when I moved to the states at 21, I was able to understand everything, but I was petrified of speaking in English, and my accent was super thick. It still is, you know. I think that's um, the difference. Though you didn't grow up speaking English, whereas Christina grew up. Speaking I never had a multiple languages yes. and English a lot. I never had a conversation in English until I was maybe twenty-two years old. That's because, amazing. Because in, I mean, that's, yeah, like you go to in Puerto then, Rico. You this. I went to a bilingual school, and it was uh, this private Catholic school. Um, but you're not talking in English to nobody. It's funny. The right. new generation, my my nieces and my nephews, they speak with no accent but it's this new generation because all they watch is american tv and all the books are in english so they they and they love it you know they actually communicate between each other in english which is a trip to me i'm going guys what are you doing speaking spanish okay. anyways um okay so what yeah. was your first what was your first gig in the business in the business Cosby. Um, well you know i studied theater <laughs> so like are we talking about <laughs> So long ago, what was my first job? Yeah, do you remember like you booked your first, not commercial, I'm talking about a guest star or... Well, you minored in theater, so you started to know that you wanted to be an actor. That's You, you knew at some point in college that that's what you wanted to pursue. Yep. It was, I was, I think, 19 or 20 when I decided like, I'm probably going to try to make a go of this. Um, I originally wanted to be a dancer. Hilarious. Really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, look, uh, ballet. I I was just starting on point at the age of 13. Okay. Uh, and then I found out that I my scoliosis had gotten a lot worse and I had to wear a Milwaukee back brace. Okay. Which goes from like here all the way down to, you know, your hips. So that curbed that uh, dream Aww. right then. Yeah. Okay. So... Then I did, of course, I, you know, I thought that's what I was going to do. And then at the age of 13, when your dreams are dashed, you don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, so I found expression through theater and that's when I decided, okay, maybe I will actually make a go of it. And that's, that's how I decided. But I thought it would be theater. I never thought television or film. Okay. Now, okay. So talk to us about your, and I feel this guys, I've, we've known each other for so long and we've been, I mean, we got married, we had kids, you know, she, Christina was at our wedding. Um, Samara, her daughter is friends with Sabella. They don't see each other yeah. anymore because you're in Canada, but they, I have so many pictures and so ma many memories of them as kids, you know, just having play dates and it's just beautiful. Um, so the good doctor. Okay. How okay. was that process? You read it, you auditioned. How was the process of getting that that role? So, you know, when I auditioned for it, it hadn't aired yet. So I didn't know like tonally what it was. I didn't, you know, I just knew that like Freddie Highmore was the lead and it was about a, a you know, a young man uh, with autism. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, I was always auditioning for like the doctor, the lawyer, mm -hmm. the professional, right? So I thought, okay, let me just go in and kind of, do what I do. And, you know, and it was just for a guest star with a potential three. Oh, episode. wow. Okay. Uh, and I went in and auditioned and, you know, and then like a week or two went by and then I got the call like, oh, you got it. And at the time I was excited to just at the prospect of being like, you know, mom of a toddler of just kind of getting to go away for three or four days mm -hmm. and being in a hotel room and working and yeah. feeling kind of like, oh, what it was before. Um, so that's actually how that started. And I, you know, came up to Canada and did it and enjoyed everybody and had a good time and kind of thought, well, bye, maybe I'll see you, maybe I won't. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then they brought me back again and they brought me back again. And then, you know, about four months later, I got the call with the offer for, you know, joining the cast as a regular, which was a dream. Amazing. Like it's the best way to enter a show. Yeah, for sure. Especially when that yeah. show premiered and it was a smash hit that it was like, oh, my oh, God, you want me to, you give so me an happy. offer to be a part of a show that's a hit. Not yeah. just to be a part of a show that might, may or may not work, but you know this show is working. So you stepped yeah. into a sweet position at that point. I really did. And you know, come on, guys, we've done this for so long. And that the prospect of those screen tests and doing that, you know, just that rigorous process, uh -huh. you know, it's yeah. just, it's, you put so much into it and your your heart gets broken and you're stressed out. And so mm -hmm. this was really like a true gift blessing, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to enter the show that way. And like to your point, Eric, it's a it does very well and globally. So mm -hmm. it's such a gift. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top 
of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, it's funny. Somebody asked me this the other day regarding um, our kids. And, and you know, we know the sort of, you know, we've talked about this amongst us as friends, just the ups and downs of this business and how difficult it can be. And, you know, it's like to to hit the lottery and get a show that's been on for five, six years, right? And all this, it's it's an anomaly. It doesn't really happen um, mm-hmm. very often. If if Samara was to come to you, and I don't know if she's, this conversation has come up, and she's like, I want to be an actress. Oh, please. Is it's it come up? Oh, or is it? She, really? So she's already showing she interest in this? To? She wants to? Guys, you guys, it came up at least a year ago. And she's asking, like, can I be on your can show? I do, can I do your show? <laughs> oh, my God. Can, I just, can you just ask them? And I was like, "Are you? is this a joke? What's happening right now? This is no. Uh, and then I thought, you know what? Don't say no. Say if you feel ready to audition, yeah. if there's a part that comes up. You may audition. So then we started talking about, so she goes over my lines with me sometimes. And she's like learning how to say these very complicated medical terms. And, you know, I was like, should she come on as a resident? No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> you know, I did say, listen, I will ask the showrunner if there's a part that's, you know, age appropriate and, you know, the the size of the part's got to be pretty small uh-huh. because she's not had any experience, you know? I mean, I don't want to get her an agent and do all that stuff is she taking classes though up there have you put her in anything nope it's called it's called natural ability but she no but i'm saying like there's ways of obviously exploring the the grind of learning as a kid when it comes to that kind of with this kind of craft right like some people that's right might get into classes and go like "Mm, this isn't what i thought it would be or because that's really what it is right like acting a big part of this business is the process it's not even getting the job it's the acting classes the studying the learning lines and then never getting a job and then doing it over and over and over and then when you actually get the gig that's actually the fun part but the thing, <laughs> with, the, the, the the thing with the process and that's why kids you know we have to protect them the, the process it's fun and it's fantastic you're working on your craft it's an exercise every time you audition it's a lot of fun that part of the process until it doesn't become fun anymore you know when you do it for so long it gets to the point that you're like, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, it's, it's very, it's very tricky. Yeah, and 
to be honest with you, the reason that I haven't done much with it, and it's also because I think, well, I I take the the level of interest, the lead from her. Mm-hmm. If she asks me and says I'm really interested, and then it goes away, then yeah. how interested? Now, if she were coming after this every day, every other day, every week, and saying I want to take class, I want to learn how to do this, then I would pay more attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think she's just now exploring the idea of it. I think you know, and so and I talked about this. We think she's interested because. She, it's what mom does. Yeah. And then every week on TV, she's, Oh, look, there she is in the, or in the commercials when they have the TV going, Oh, there's, there you are on TV. Mm-hmm. And that part is what's exciting to her, which is not the reason to get into acting. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if she's serious about that, then sure. I'll entertain that, but I'm not interested in exposing her to the process right now mm-hmm. of, unless she wants to take like Yada, you know, if we yeah. go back to play and you know, we want to join Yada or something like that, that's yeah. okay. But I'm not sure I'm interested in encouraging in, it unless she's bringing it. Yeah, up. yeah. That we we fall in the same you know belief system as far as that goes. We're not pushing. I mean, yeah. we would never push it. We would never even. It doesn't even come to our mind to bring it up. But well, Sebi, has, Sebi, but, in, has she shown interest? Zero. No, zero. The the opposite. It's like I will never. I like so not interested. I think because it's what I do. Funny enough, like you <laughs> have some, you have some right being intrigued, right? Because I see Mama on TV, so I think this is cool and, and glamorous. Sabella is. If you're doing it, I'm I'm not doing it. Well, no, but she also is her passion is sports. Like <laughs> she likes sports. She's yeah. uber just she's athlete, great at athlete, tennis, athlete. right? Yes. She's doing really well at tennis yeah. and she just loves sport. Like at school, she's playing the soccer team right now. She was on basketball right. team. Now she's doing volleyball. Like she loves sports and that's yeah. sort of her, her thing. Um, and it's funny because like she gets embarrassed and like annoyed when we get recognized around her. She's like, oh my God, another person asking for da 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 da. And it, like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not to her, it's not a glamorous thing. It's just like, an annoyance. Yeah, she doesn't in love a way. It. She doesn't which love Which is it. kind of funny. It's interesting. Dylan finds it a little more interesting, but he's so shy. He's getting better, but I don't know that he's he'll getting much better. He said either. to me he wants to do commercials. I said, "You for real?" He Dylan? wants to do commercials. He wants to yeah, he wants to do like he wants to be on TV. I don't know if he understands exactly what he's talking about, but I keep taking all these pictures because he's so freaking cute. So every morning I'm going, let me take a picture. And he's like, why do you take so many pictures of me? I'm going, because you're very cute. <laughs> and then later, cute. I know, so little by little, he's been saying that he wants to like be on TV. But I think it's more, I, I don't think, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, he's only five five years old. He's so little. He's I know, a little. But, I mean, he's but little. also like, that could be the thing that he does. You know, I mean, who, I don't that's know. the thing too. Is yeah. like, what do you do? How are we supposed to know when we're 17? I know. When you go to college, 18, whatever the age is these days, if they go to college, like how do you pick a major? How do you, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, how did we get here? You know? It's hard. So I want to talk about Som now. How did you meet Baby Daddy? Meet? Yeah. I don't remember how you guys met. Yeah, well, because it's pretty ordinary. Uh, we met at a Fourth of July barbecue. We had um, mutual, mutual friends. friends. Okay, mutual friends. They were New York friends because uh, you know he's from there, and I lived there for a while. And we had never met there, but we went to this, and I had gone to an earlier party on the Fourth of July with a friend of mine whose girlfriend had just broken up with him, and so I was kind of like come on, Mr. Heartbroken, come with me. Let's go to this party. It's going to be super fun. We get there. It was horrendous. Oh, no. So we're like, where do we go? Where do we go? So I'm texting friends and they're like, oh, we're having just a very simple, easy backyard barbecue. I go, great, low key. Let's do that. So I brought him to that and we're all just kind of chilling, you know, drinking beers, just not very, you know, music playing, very chill. And then in walks home with this woman who's like 5'10". He's like six, three and a half. Uh I was like, look at that nice looking tall couple. And I remember them coming in because the house 
had like, it was the house and then to the back was like stairs down. And then all of us were kind of down in the, uh-huh. in the yard. So when they arrived, they were like up on these steps, you know? <clears throat> so I remember when they, they didn't make an entrance, but they just kind of stood there kind of looking around for whoever they might know. And so he struck me and I was like, well, he's handsome, but he's with somebody mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and then, you know, then pretty soon we're introduced because, oh, I know so-and-so and and he's standing next to me and I can feel that he's flirting with me a little uh-huh. bit. That is so inappropriate. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's with the woman. What about 5'10 five, over there? <laughs> yeah. What about little legs over there? What's up with the, uh, you have a fight today? What happened? No. And, uh, I think I must've said something. Unfortunately, I don't recall, but he said to me, oh, Oh no no that's my no that's my ex we're just friends and I thought oh okay well, that's well that's was, nice was that a flag of like wait wait, wait why are you at a party with your ex <laughs> yeah that's friends. a little weird though no, no. it was okay. never like huh are they nope. ex like ex with benefits or are they just friends now this is an important question well, I did wonder this is a good topic right yeah because yes. I would have been like wait hold on why is your ex with you at a party and who's the ex and what's your relationship no, well I my assumption because of course. I know, knew nothing about this guy, right? So I assumed like, oh, they're comfortable, but I'm like, she flew in from New York and was staying with him and his roommate. So I was like, of course it's like. Yeah. Of course. Uh-huh. Right? Like, of course. Never. And I believe him. He was just like, she literally flew in and we did, they shared custody of a dog. Okay. So they like hung out and they were, fu- and to this day, like they don't speak as much, but like, I'm actually kind of friends too with some of my exes. Okay. Yeah. No, some Friend, people, some friendly. People. Like we're not friends. Like well, if you see them, you're yeah, friendly. Course, yeah, friendly, friendly, yeah. friendly, for sure. And like if I come into town wherever they live, or vice versa, we'll get together. And he's and fine with that. And Somi's yeah, fine with that. That's good. <laughs> no, no. That, wait, wait, Ra- what? Roz and I are opposite on most things in life. This is the one thing I think that we're not opposite on. Like we, neither of us are close to exes, and I don't no. think either of us. Yeah, knowing. Both of us, we wouldn't be like, oh yeah, go see your ex for dinner. Like we would, both of us wouldn't think that it's going to be a little weird, going to happen. But I'm glad. That's but I know a lot, of, a lot of people I you know that it, do do that. It. And like my dad was like that. He was friends with every single ex he ever had. So like, I, I totally get it. And I know a lot of people that maintain like very close friendships with their exes. So you guys yeah. met that 4th of July. It, that was at the beginning or you didn't see each other for a while before you started dating. Yeah, no, we didn't see each other again until I think the end of August, I want to say. Okay. Or begin middle of August or something like that. Because I took, yeah, I don't know why. But, oh, because we didn't exchange numbers. Okay. So then he had to find me over social media. And the way he tracked me down was I'd posted a photo from that night and tagged a friend, right? Okay. And then that's how he found me. Okay. Oh, my then goodness. He, so then he messaged me that way. And was super careful. He slid into your DMs. He that's not, did. That's he did. Uh, 20, he slid 20. Yeah, that's big. And that's let me <laughs> ask you, you guys are like a biracial couple. How do you guys, you, you um, white American, your mom was white, your dad was Filipino or Chinese? Chinese and Filipino. Chinese, Filipino, white. He's full Indian, right? Fully Indian. And then, so how is that? In terms of, of, of differences, Culturally cultural exciting, differences. Oh, you guys were both from the States? Totally. We celebrate Diwali. We celebrate Lunar New Year. You know what I mean? We celebrate um, everything. That's we celebrate great. a lot. That's so awesome. A party every year. It's great that Samara grows up with so yes. much sort of diversity in that regard, right? It's like it's embedded in who she is, but she gets to celebrate all these cultural 
specificities, which I think is very nice. 100%. And she's also, you know, it's interesting being here in Vancouver. Um, there's a large Southeast Asian population mm -hmm. as well as Chinese. Mm -hmm. So it's nice. You know, we go to school with a lot of people who have the same experiences. You Is know? she speaking the language? She doesn't speak Hindi. You know what, though? She loves Bollywood films. Okay. Oh, wow. She knows a lot of songs. Okay. Like, so she'll sing things in Hindi. She doesn't always know what they mean, but sort of that's a wonderful way that Soam and Samara connect mm -hmm. is that music. Um, cool. And we'll be playing like Bollywood or Indian music in the car. And I have no idea what the song is, mm -hmm. what they're saying, but they're both doing, Dee -da! you know, they're like singing. <laughs> and I'm like, what does this mean? What does it mean? Right? You know? I love uh, it. I love it. And then I had Samara taking, I mean, I've got to get her back into it, but we had like a Mandarin tutor last uh, in grade three. Okay. Um, into the house and kind of starting to do that because it's, I can speak to her that way, but she doesn't, it's terrible. I'm sure you speak to your children in Spanish and it works out perfectly. I'm oh, sorry, what? Who speaks to okay. Oh, come on. Speaks to the kids in Spanish? Who we does? do. We do. But they're, they're we, more we, comfortable. Wait, 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 wait. Well, I do. Oh. You don't speak Spanish. You, you do? I do, Eric, please. Anyways, next topic. When she's angry. Anyways. <laughs> when she's angry. What? Wait. <laughs> no. But do they take it in class? I mean, this is, you Sabella, know. No, like, they Sabella don't. It started now in fifth or fourth grade. And basically, the, the, the class Sa is like watching well, Encanto. No, Sabella is bilingual. Um, and yeah. I think a lot of that had to do because Delmi, our nanny, spoke only Spanish to her. Yes. the entire time when she was uh, traveling with us and i was in vancouver for example and Rose was in atlanta and delmi was with us a lot so she only was spoken to in spanish by delmi Roz would kind of go in and out and i'm being honest don't lie don't get upset she would go very in and out and i was always this you know funny enough the white guy going just speak spanish just speak spanish like i just wanted these kids to be spoken to in spanish I don't know what the engrama like she likes to say like what it was with her that she couldn't just do spanish with them but if Puerto Rican friends came over, it was all Spanish. But then if like to the kid, it was English. And maybe it's because I don't speak it. So she felt she had to. I'm, I'm being respectful. Communicate, <laughs> but I don't care. I was like, just speak Spanish. With Dylan, he understands. He understands. Are, they, are they talking about me? No, I'm fine. So I'm just, he does I love cool. it. Dylan yeah. understands a little bit, but does he does. not speak Doesn't it. Want even, to speak even close to like Sabella. Yeah, I have and, to work like, on that. I have to work on that. When they were still without words, like whatever, one and a half, two, you know, when they were starting to learn like dog, cat, you know, that stuff. Mm -hmm. And a little bit past that, I would speak in Mandarin to her. And I what I noticed was that she had like a, a little bit more of a delay linguistically. I now understand that it's probably because she was trying to synthesize yes, right? like yeah. what is Mandarin and what is English. I should have stuck with it and not worried about whether or not she mm. was going to be delayed. Um, and I think what I did was like, you know what? I'm just going to pick a lane, you know, okay. at the time I was like, I just want her to like be able to speak with her peers. So I picked a lane and it was English because that's also what dad speaks. Right. Mm -hmm. So. They say the why. best method is that if one parent picks a lane and that lane is that language like just picks yeah. mandarin just pick spanish don't go back and forth just stay with that so they understand i need to learn whatever this is you're saying because yeah. i can't communicate with mom if i don't understand what you're saying and I then know. if dad is just speaking english then boom these little sponges just absorb everything coming at them and it might actually like sabella it never delayed her way of thinking she was always very communicative with with language in general so i don't ever think she had a delay um, but it was because Delmi was really like around a lot and it was Spanish, Spanish, Spanish. And there was no way to talk to her nanny if she didn't start communicating in Spanish. 
It was like that. 100%. Of course, that's the way to go. And if I had found someone who, you know, was a nanny that spoke Mandarin, you know, I mean, we just needed to find somebody who could actually take care of our daughter at the time and what we needed and trying to find someone who could speak Mandarin in LA at the time hard was an extra challenge, right? But absolutely, that's the way to go about it. And when I was growing up in Taiwan, that's what my dad did. So before I started going to school, I would play with the neighborhood kids and they were all Chinese. And my dad only spoke Mandarin in the home. So I had one parent, like you just said, who only spoke Mandarin. And then of course my mother only spoke English. Um, And of of course, like at family dinners every night, we would speak in English because that's my mom was there. But for the most part, my dad spoke in Mandarin. Yeah. If you wanted to communicate with your dad, that was the natural reaction. You'd speak in Mandarin. And also like we would, with Sabella a lot, we would do cartoons in Spanish. So when she was little, all the cartoons yeah. would be set in Spanish. So she, yeah. and she'd get mad, but it was like, well, you want to watch it, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Talk exactly. to us, um, Christina, about Asian representation, because I know that you must be so incredibly pleased and happy, you know, that finally, because, you know, as a Latina, we, that's our main issue and complaint in the business is we don't get enough parts, you know? We're still it's like, waiting for their turn. It's like we're, we're <laughs> waiting. We're always, like, we're here, we're here, we're here, you know? Um I, I still feel that way. Okay. You know, I mean, of course, this is a fantastic time. Um, and a lot of progress has been made, but obviously we have some way to go. But is this an exciting time with everything everywhere all at once, for example, mm-hmm. getting those 11 nominations? Fantastic. Or mm-hmm. Hong Chao getting her nomination for Best Supporting Actress in The Whale. Like, this is an exciting time. Um, I just was in Sundance last week, uh, not with a film, mm-hmm. but um, one of the exciting things was that uh, Daniel Day Kim, who's company 3AD Media, mm-hmm. partnered with Gold House and the Asian American Foundation to create the very first AAPI house on Main Street. Wow. And I thought, it's 2023. And this is the first time in all the years that Sundance has existed that AAPI had a presence on Main Street. So that was really exciting mm-hmm. um, to have that there, you know, and there are other houses. There was a Latinx house, Black House, a Macro Lodge, but there wasn't an AAPI house. So that was exciting um, to witness, you know, mm-hmm. to bear witness to that was really cool. And it happened to fall on the Lunar New Year weekend. Nice. So that was kind of like double the celebration. Mm-hmm. But I mean, of course, it's exciting. And at the same time, let's go. That's how I'm feeling. You know, like, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's... It's about time. It's an interesting time. A lot could be said on this topic, but, you know. No, I know. I know. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks 
for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tudor Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tudor shows wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old <laughs> Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. To finalize, I want to talk a little bit, and this is more like a serious uh, note because it's it's a topic that is very relevant, and I'm sure uh, many people we relate, listeners of Isera Yadijo, I'm sure they have a family member or somebody, or they, they have known of somebody that suffers or suffer from this disease. So you were super, super close to your mother, 
Mm. And then a what? How many years? How old was she when you started noticing my mom is forgetting things and my mom is showing symptoms? Yeah, of Alzheimer. Yeah. So yes, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and uh, it was she was probably seventy one. Okay. When things wow. started to look a little bit, and that's considered young, yeah. right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I just recently posted a, a photo of her um zip lining for her 70th birthday I saw that. a year before she was diagnosed she was zip lining yeah and there was didn't appear to be any issues so uh to bullet point this because again this, this could be like a whole mm -hmm. long episode but um she was about 71 when we noticed and i think it's because i was pregnant with samara so the red flags were my mom was not living in the same city or state as us so i wasn't able to keep tabs on a daily basis and so at first I thought, oh, maybe she's like a little bit depressed living by herself. Maybe we should get her to visit more often. Maybe we should think about having her move to LA, you know, but the big red flag was she couldn't wait to be a grandmother. And the mom that I grew up with was the kind of woman that would fly out and help you decorate your baby's room, mm -hmm. right? For example. And when I offered that, I was like, would you like to come and help me? She was like, no, you've got it. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's weird. Yeah. Um, and then when we did meet up for a trip at a, like a relative's birthday, she was really quiet, kept her head, also not my mom. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And she was really quiet with her head bent and just kind of like shoveling food during meals and little tiny things that don't necessarily signify Alzheimer's. You're just kind of like, oh, she's sad. She's quiet. So it was at my, uh, my baby shower, um, when a friend of mine whose father had been battling Alzheimer's for a while, she's the one that pulled me aside and said, your mom seems to be exhibiting signs of dementia or Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And I was in, I just didn't know very much about that disease. So I was like, no, no, it, this is something maybe like depression or maybe there's something else going on with her. Like she's just quiet. She's not forgetful. You know, she's not whatever I thought Alzheimer's was. Mm -hmm. And my friend said, but it presents differently in everybody right and it's you're about to have a child and if you want her to help you with the baby like you you need to make sure she's like fully capable faculties. Yeah. And my mother was very resistant to it it was a big fight to get yeah. her to go get the ct scan and i unfortunately had to say to her if you do not get this you will not get to meet your grandchild oh wow, oh, wow. it was a terrible stance to take but I thought there was, she was so resistant that she was absolutely defiant and was like, there's nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with me. Cut to, we get the scan and the doctor calls October 1st and says, and it's a, you know, my mom's in the room with the doctor and he called, they're in Florida and they call me and they say, yes, she has Alzheimer's. And mm -hmm. then I gave birth three days later. <laughs> uh, three days later, you gave birth? Three days wow. later, I gave wow. birth two weeks earlier than my due date. So, yeah, you know, how does that work in terms of Alzheimer's? Because I don't know enough about the disease either. Are there stages? So when they read the CT, they're like, "You're at stage one, stage two, or how does that work? Like to know the severity of it at the time. Yeah, it, it was not described to me that way. Um, it was she's in early stages. Early stages. So you have, okay. have like early and then medium and then kind of advanced, right? And, and they can't give you timetables. I'm sure everybody's different of how fast the disease can progress. Correct. Although at a certain point they were like, your mom has like another five years. 
And I was like five years of memory or five years of memory life. or yeah. life. And they were like life. Really? And what and was that accurate? What? Was it five years? Yeah, we got that. So mom had it for nine and a half years. Explain that nine and a half. part, Christina, because that's something that I think people can learn uh, a lot about myself included. <clears throat> Alzheimer's, you, you know, you often just think someone loses their memory, can't recall things, you know, those, those sort of actions, but no one just automatically thinks that they could die from Alzheimer's. What is the impetus for someone passing away in five years due to Alzheimer's? Is it because it, the body can't function properly anymore because the brain's not feeding the organs and everything else the, the correct response to do X, Y, and Z? Correct. That's what it is. Correct. Okay. And, you know, dementia is sort of the general term, like the umbrella to yeah. all the more specific diseases. And so I don't, I'm not well versed on some of the other ones. My mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I'm not sure exactly, you know, because only one neurosurgeon said that. Another one was like, it's confusing because your mother's brain looks perfectly intact, but it's like, she certainly had a neurological disease yeah. and it presented as Alzheimer's. So we're going to go with that for now. Mm -hmm. um, it could have been vascular dementia, like not entirely sure. And actually when she died, um, we donated her brain to- For studies? To research, yeah. Okay, What's that? for studies, yeah, for research, yeah. So, uh, and that was two years ago and they said it's about a two to three year wait. To get information, okay. To get what, and I'm nervous because I don't know what they're going to reveal. And if that means it's genetic, if I'm predisposed, I'm not, I've chosen, by the way, not, not to be tested mm -hmm. uh, for certain things because I I think, unfortunately, we don't have um, a solution. And to me, that's like the dangling sword over my head. If I know for example, that I have, say, a 90% chance of getting it, then I'm just going to focus on the 90%. Yeah, 100%, yeah. yeah. Well, we talk about that, because you see, the, I don't know, the Chris Hemsworth, we haven't seen this docuseries that he has, but you know, he found out he's you know genetically yes. predisposed, and, and we were talking about that on the podcast. Would you want to know? And I said, I wouldn't want to know, because I would just live with that fear, that anxiety of like, it's going to happen one day, it's going to happen one day, instead of just enjoying all of these days leading up to when it happens, and I can't control it anyway. You know? Well, exactly the point. And, you know, if it was some other disease that they have a lot of research and a lot of, you know, already like medications, preventative or otherwise in place, then I potentially would. Yeah. Right. Like I know a lot of people who get tested for the BRCA gene and if they it's a high percentage of something, maybe they surgically remove something or yep. they that I can't surgically remove my brain. That You know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't work that way. And so in this particular case, currently, I don't want to know. That's just where I am. Yeah. You know, I'm dealing I'm um, with, with my dad. My dad had a stroke uh, maybe seven months ago. Um, and it's been life-changing for the whole family and for himself. But even before it happened, and now more than ever, uh, and my mom tells me all the time, like, your, your, your dad's, his mind is just leaving. She, he, he's, he's going, he's going. I said, what do you say that? And she said, because he doesn't remember, like, it's getting to the point that you give him lunch because he's, he's in a wheelchair. You know, he's completely can't function by himself anymore. So you give him lunch, and then within 15, 20 minutes, he goes, did I eat lunch? Give me lunch. Oh, no, if it ain't, you just ate. And he forgot, but, and I realized, because I went to see him, and we had incredible conversations. He's so lucid, and he remembers everything from years ago. Yes. So past memories, it's okay. The problem is the immediate stuff, which is so crazy. Well, it is crazy, and I think 
particularly with Alzheimer's, one of the first signs, is, I mean, what, what it's doing to the brain initially is you're losing the part of your brain that has the ability to learn. That's why the short-term stuff goes. Mm. So the long-term, the stuff that's been ingrained in you since you were five, whatever that's there that, you know, feels like innate, mm -hmm. that's the stuff that you're able to remember. But sure, stuff that you just learned is going to go. Wow. Interesting. Jesus are Lord. there some charities that you work with or um, anything you want to share with the listeners that are great tools or resources that people can, you know, look into? Yeah, I didn't lean... Uh, as much as I probably should have on Alzheimer's organization, I am an ambassador for them. And we, I just can't say enough. I mean, it's, it's not a very old organization. It was started in the, in 1980. Oh, wow. So it has, there's, this is some, you know, obviously our brain is the most mysterious organ mm -hmm. um, in our body currently. And I think we just need more funds, you know, and like the FDA just granted this, you know, the approval for this particular drug, for example, that, you know, now we're fighting Medicare to allow for, because right now the only people that have access to this new drug, which basically removes the the plaque in mm -hmm. your brain, you know, increases Alzheimer's. Um, like we need Medicare to allow us to, to get this drug at an affordable rate. Otherwise you, you know, only the rich can have access to this. And it's just, it's this huge battle. I mean, it seems to be happening to so many people, mm -hmm. you know, and I, unfortunately I can't pull the statistic right now, how many people get it like every, you know, like every minute, so-and-so, you know, yeah. however many people are diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I mean, it's, I have three close friends, you, your mom, then remember Brenda, my publicist in Puerto Rico, that is a close friend, friend of mine. She was one of the bridesmaids. Um, her mom yep. just passed away a couple of weeks ago, but I am telling you when she showed me the picture days before she passed it was a different human being it yep. was a skeleton it was just the most traumatic thing um so yeah you know it's like it's so it's very freaking it's becoming more and more common and it, what a horrible disease you know what i mean it's like for everybody involved is going oh my god it, it is it's terrible yeah. because the person isn't and the thing is too part of it is the dignity of it mm. you know like they you want to help them keep their dignity as they slowly lose their faculties, I guess is the best way to put it. It's a very difficult disease to witness yeah. and for obviously the person that is going through it. And you're right. The, you know, the day my mom died, it's an unrecognizable. Person. Really? Wow. She was, she was like 80 pounds mm -hmm. and she was five, nine and she was a, just a skeleton, you know? And it was, and she oh. lost her ability to walk and then eventually move and then and, and speak. She lost her ability to speak before she, I mean, just, it all goes just, and then they're just mm -hmm. kind of, she, for her anyway, she was just kind of like a silent. Oh my God. You know? Anyways, yeah. I'm so sorry. Well, thank you for sharing. Lady that you um, had to go through that. Well, but, we're ending know, on this note. I know, I know. This is so sad. I no, know. but listen, the good thing is that she's so happy. She's so proud of you. And you know that, Christina, she's proud of you, what you've done, what you've done with your life. She has a stunning granddaughter that is just going to be an, an incredible little lady. You know, you're happily married. You have a great job. You know, she's, yep. she's seen you, your ups and downs and your struggles. And now you're in victory and you're vibrant and, 
and life is looking up and smiling at you so she's happy that's what matters thank you absolutely thank you, yes, yes it's thanks. wonderful to see you guys by the way yeah i know we'll do it again on the next podcast we won't see you until then it'll be like uh <laughs> no you're in five years we'll discuss Please. <laughs> yeah. Only on the podcast, never in person. No, no, please. We love please, you guys. I'm busy. Give our love to Som and Samara. And thank yes, you for being with us. I the will. good doctor on ABC. Make yes. sure you're checking it out. Bye. Thanks, Christina. Gracias, mama. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, that was that was it's always great to catch up with her. It's funny how this podcast has allowed us to catch up with so many of our friends that are close friends, but we don't get to see that often and we do it on our podcast. Yes. I mean, we are very close to Christina and Soam. Um, and like you said, Sabella and Samara grew up together. But, yeah. you know, this business, uh, you know, it pulls people apart because you can't, you can't be in the same place all the time. So um, this I know. I'm so the- happy for her because, guys, like I said, we've known each other for so long when ups and downs and both not working and freaking out. And, yeah. and she's so talented and, and just elegant and so smart. So when she got the good doctor and and it was a hit show, it was like, oh my God, I was so happy for Christina. Yeah. She's so deserving of this moment. Now she's killing it. She's killing it. That was fun. That was fun. Love you. Time. Love you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to write us a review and tell us what you think. If you want to follow us on Instagram, check us out at he said, ella dijo, or send us an email, Eric and Ross at iHeartRadio.com. He said, ella dijo, is part of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. See you next time. Bye. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca, o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 españolcom What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens. But trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.